1: Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast. I am excited to have you here today. Today, I have a very fun guest, and that is Lynette Shepard, and she has the Instagram account at Lynette Simply for Real, and also a, a blog with that same name. And shortly after I started with the Spiritually Minded Mom account, almost every time she posted, I would find myself saying yes to everything she posted about motherhood. And I would want to put exclamation points because I really loved everything that she was posting. And I related to her really well. We're kind of in the same stage of life. And then I discovered that we lived in the same area. And so we kind of went back and forth for a little while, but we actually were able to meet for lunch in real life. So. She's not just my Instagram friend, now she's my real life friend. We met for lunch and had a great time talking and getting to know each other. And now I kind of think of her just as an old friend because I feel like we've just connected. And so I'm really excited to have her on today to talk about her motherhood journey and and everything that she's learned along the way. And so welcome to the show, Lynette.
0: Well, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be talking to you today.
1: Great. Okay, well, let's just jump in. Why don't you just give us a little bit of an introduction to you and your family?
0: Okay, so I have been married to my husband, Greg, for 21 years, and together we have five kids um, who aren't really kids anymore. The oldest is almost 20, and he's currently serving a mission in Hawaii, so lucky him. Um, Our second is 18 and trying his hand out of being an adult in the dorms at college. Um, And at home, we have a 16-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 10-year-old. So life is crazy and fun with lots of teenagers. Our family, something that maybe makes us a little unique is that we're just kind of (laughs) crazy, if I'm being (laughs) honest. Um, My husband is one of the silliest people that I know, and I think he makes it his goal in life to do whatever he can to get a laugh out of people especially our kids and so he just does and says the craziest stuff just to keep them laughing and it's my job to rein him in and make sure that he doesn't like get out of control and sometimes the kids will look at me and be like mom can't you control him no the answer to that is no but i try and mostly i do that by just telling people please don't laugh at him because then you only encourage him so that's
1: us. We're crazy and fun. <laughs> okay, I can totally relate to that because I have a husband like that too. Like he's never serious. And
0: yeah.
1: He the biggest struggles that we have with having family home evening is him. He's always thwarting oh. something like oh, making totally. up songs, being funny. It's just it's crazy. But totally. But my kids love it and we're making memories, right? So Exactly. That's makes all that makes it matters. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you you mentioned that you have some young adult kids and some teenagers. What's given you the greatest joy in raising your children when you look back?
0: The greatest joy that I have in raising my kids is just watching them become these amazing people that they were born to become. And when I had a lot of little kids at home, people would tell me, oh, just wait. Just wait till they're teenagers. You have no idea how hard it's going to be, what you're getting yourself into. So I was terrified of having teenagers. And now now that I'm in the middle of that stage, it's my favorite stage of motherhood so far. I love it. I feel like it's parental payday time because when they're young, you're just kind of laying the foundation and teaching them all this stuff. And then when they get to be teenagers, they can take that and – run with it and apply it without you even having to tell them to do so. And I just, I love watching that. It brings
1: me so much joy. Oh, I love that too. And I have to say, I wouldn't go back to the toddler years either, even though, you know, they're important and probably the things that you did back then are probably what's making it, you know, such an enjoyable time now. And you're seeing that joy. Um, But that was hard. That was hard. And nobody should be afraid of teenagers, right?
0: I agree. (laughs) I love it.
1: Yeah. It's really fun. So, Obviously, you have a lot of joy in motherhood, and and you see have a lot of great things that you've been able to see through your children. But there's also a lot of tough days of motherhood. So, what's your approach to get through those tough days?
0: Sometimes chocolate that helps. Chocolate. <laughs> You're not helps. the
1: first guest to say that.
0: <laughs> but uh, generally speaking, I'm pretty. I'm a pretty positive person. So it's not too hard for me to stay grounded when there's crazy going on around me. So the hard days don't throw me off as much as if the days turn into weeks, turn into months and stages that seem to last forever. And those are the times when it's hard to kind of keep that positive outlook day in and day out. But what helps me from this the place that I'm in right now is that I can look back and think of all these hard things that I've gone through. And so far, my track record for getting through them is 100%.
1: You're still so here.
0: I am still here. We're still kicking. So I know that whatever I'm going through, whatever hard thing it is, it's not going to last forever. It's going to work itself out and we're going to be able to move on. So that perspective really helps.
1: I like that. Just the perspective that this isn't going to last forever. That everything's temporary, and you know we d- we can get through it. I think I think that's a great approach to have. So I really want to dive into some of the challenges that you've had as a mother. All right. Um, so one of the things that you've faced, and we've we've talked about this in the past, is that you raised a very strong-willed child, and maybe more than one, yes. but especially your oldest child. And we've we've talked about this. So you mentioned in the intro that he's 20 now. So. So you've kind of raised him and he's out of your house. And But will you tell us a little bit about what were the early years with him like and how did you learn to view him and deal with his personality as he grew up So, as a strong, really strong-willed person?
0: Okay, so two weeks after my oldest son was born, I graduated from BYU with a bachelor's degree in family science, of all things. And so I had spent my college career immersed in all things family. And because of that, I felt really well prepared to jump into motherhood. And I felt like I had all these great tools in my tool belt to be able to apply to to raising great kids. And I was going to be the perfect mom and they were going to all be obedient and perfect. And I had it all figured out. And I think Heavenly Father had a really good sense of humor. And he looked down upon me and saw my confidence and said, okay, we're gonna test her out. So instead of sending me the child that's like parenting one hundred level class, he sent me like the graduate (laughs) level. We were 500 and beyond. And the first night I had this baby home from the hospital after he was born, he screamed himself, hoarse. By the morning he had no cry left because he had screamed all night long. And I just held this crying baby and by morning I was looking at him and thinking, this is not how it's supposed to be. I think there was a mix up. This one isn't mine. Like, can I exchange (laughs) him for a different model? Because this is not what I expected, you know? And that, uh, that night of screaming turned into like nine months of crying. And that nine months of crying turned into several years of just stubborn, strong-willed, defiant behavior. And mom, you are not the boss of me and you're not going to tell me what to do. And By the time he was six, we had three other kids, and so it's not like I had all of my time and energy just to devote to him, but he kind of demanded that a lot of times because he was so hard, and by that time, he was, like, out of control. I mean, he would generally keep it together in public, which I was very grateful for. He was good at school and at church and stuff like that, but when he was at home, he would lose his cool on a frequent basis, and... He would spit in my face and he would throw books at me and he, you know, banged the, the door, his bedroom door into the wall and like put a hole in the wall and he threatened to run away and he tried it one time and he like, oh, wow, would, he would yell awful things like I would rather be dead than have you as my mom and be in this family. And he was five. And those were not exaggerated words. That's actually what he said. And I was like, I can't do this. I don't know what to do with this kid. Like nothing I was trying was working and he was just so hard. And I remember just kneeling down and praying to my father and just saying, I can't, I can't do this. I don't mm-hmm. know what you were thinking, but this is way, way beyond my ability. And you know, I'm, I just, I don't know what to do. And there were, several times that he would kind of send some comfort my way, you know, to kind of keep me going. And there was one time in particular that I remember that these exact words came to me from Holy Father. He said, Lynette, you have no idea how lucky you are to be Jordan's mom. And he has a strong will because he's going to need it to do all the things that I need him to do for me. And so at the time, I was not feeling lucky, you know, I was not feeling lucky to have spit in my face and to have him tell me he'd rather be dead than to be my child. And so, but the, you know, that assurance kind of gave me a bigger picture view a little bit of, okay, maybe there's more to this picture than what I can see. So I'm just going to keep holding on and keep doing my best and It got better little by little, you know, and by the time he was a teenager, those qualities that as a child made him so hard, um, where he would say, no, I'm not putting on my shoes. I'm not getting in my car seat. I'm not, you're not the boss of me. You can't make me do this. By the time he was a teenager, he had learned to use those things to his benefit. So it would look like no, I'm not cheating on that test. No, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to break that rule. Um, his stubborn persistence had turned into grit and determination, and he graduated as the valedictorian of his high school with perfect 4.0 and two years of college credit under his belt. That was 100% him. That was 0% me. Um, he's an accomplished musician. He, I never had to tell him to practice. He did that all on his own. So, you know, he was able to learn to channel that, okay, there's this thing I want and I'm going to get it and you're not going to get in my way, but I'm, I'm going to do it in a nice way. You know, he, he stopped the craziness that he was as a child and really his values were very ingrained in him and he was not going to be moved from that place.
1: Okay so you've painted this picture now so we know you know here he was spitting in your face and telling you that he didn't want you to be his mother and all of these things and then now you've you've shared with us that here he is this 4.0 student and he's successful and doing well in life and you know has left your home and is thriving so what happened in the middle of all that I mean you're getting these reassurances from God that he's this way for a reason and you're so lucky and so you're clinging to that, but but there had to be other things that you saw that you were able to do to guide him. I mean, how did you help him realize that, hey, this strong will is really determination? And you know, what were the things that happened in between all of that?
0: So we had to really think about how we were raising him. And we had to overhaul some things about how we were dealing with his personality. And because he was so strong-willed and thought he knew everything from the time he was like tiny we had to kind of teach him that, okay, this is great that you have this part of your personality, but you're not, you do not know everything that's best for you right now. You know, I mean, we kind of really had to, to guide him carefully, you know, Mm -hmm. to let him know, okay, this is great, but you can't get away with that. Like that, that manifestation is not okay right now. You know, so there was, there was a lot of stuff like that. Where we just had to say, "All right, no, you're not in charge. You you can't run the show here."
1: So, do you think there's any anything specific that you were able to do to help him realize that for himself? Because, you know, if if I was a mom listening and I had a six year old like that, I would want to know what can I do to help him realize that. So, was there any specific things that you said to him, or you know, something that you did for him, or or signed him up for, or you know, anything that you can think of that helped you? helped him realize for himself, you know, what his value was and, and how he could use his personality to his benefit. That's a great question. <laughs> I'm putting um, you on the spot. <laughs> yes, But I I'm have, just thinking, I, you know, I'm just thinking of a mom. If a mom is in the trenches right now with a strong willed child, what, you know, what can she do to so that, because, you know, everything in life, we have strengths that can be weaknesses. Mm-hmm. If we, you know, push him too hard. And that sounds like that's what your son had. He has this great strength and a determination that was not manifesting as a strength when he was a child. So so what if a mom is right there in the trenches, you know, what can she do to help her child see who they really are?
0: We sat down and I told him about, you know, that experience that I told you about where Heavenly Father had told me Mm -hmm you're so lucky to be this kid's mom and he's going to do great things. And so there were times where he would be really struggling or whatever. And I would have that conversation with him and say, okay, I know this is really hard right now. It's hard for you. It's hard for me, but this is what Heavenly Father has told me about you and you, you know, like, so you are destined for great things. Like you have the potential to do great things, but you've got to learn how to, how to wield the power of this gift that you have been given from Heavenly Father. So I, I, I remember those specific times, you know, we had many conversations like that.
1: I really like that because as a mother, we have a power that we can show our kids who they really are. And that, it sounds like that's what you were able to do. You know, you had a, a, a great blessing from Heavenly Father to let you know, this is who your son is and he's going to do great things. And you're so lucky. And then you, you were able to con convey that to your son, Heavenly Father used you to kind of, to help him know who he was. So I think, I think that's a key right there is just helping our kids know who they really are, not what the world tells them who they are, you know, cause you know, someone at the grocery store is going to see a kid throwing a tantrum and they're going to be like, Oh, that look at that unruly kid. He's never going to amount to anything or, you know, Oh, what's that mother doing? They're going to be totally judgmental, but you have to put all that aside and who cares what the world thinks and help them to know their true worth. And it really sounds like, you know, that's, that's what you were able to do. I love that.
0: I think that's so key. Like for any, for anybody, I think if you can really understand who you are as a, as a Mm -hmm. child of God, it changes everything. It changes You can't be the same after that, you know, just being able to to grasp that and understand it and, and apply it you know, as hard things come up. And it, it, like you said, the world isn't going to tell you that. Like the world tells you, you have to be perfect and you have to do all of these things to have worth. And that's not the case. If we can get our kids to understand that. And sometimes I get frustrated because I'm like, can't I just tell you this thing and then you get it and we move on?
1: You right. know, but no, it doesn't work, it doesn't that, work way. that
0: way. Yeah. But,
1: and, and I think too, you're kind of bringing up something else to my mind. As mothers, we need to know our own worth as well you know, to be able to share it with our children, we need to know that we're of worth and we need to know that Heavenly Father loves us just as we are. Like you said, the world's going to tell us to be this perfect Pinterest, you know, everything. And that's not how God views us. And so find that worth for ourselves. And then we can help our children to know that they have worth as well.
0: Absolutely. And and being able to to appreciate the fact that you have worth, and Heavenly Father gave you these kids because you can handle them. Right. You know. Right. Even when you feel like they're, it's completely outside of your hands, and they're, what can you do? And you're so overwhelmed. Like Heavenly Father wouldn't have sent you that kid unless He totally trusted in your ability to give him or her exactly what they need.
1: That's exactly right, and that comes up over and over in in every every guest that I have says that, you know, we, we are our children's mothers for a reason. They came to us, not to someone else. And so yeah. we can, tr- we can trust that and know that we have value and that, that God has our back and he knows, he knows what we need and he's going to help us through it, but he knows we can do it. We can do it with his help. Right. For sure. Um, one of the other things that you, that we've talked about in the past that you told me was that you kind of view motherhood as a marathon and not a sprint. And I yes. love that. So how does that approach affect both your daily life, but then also the long-term, your long-term goals for your children and your family and as a mother?
0: So I, this is kind of twofold in my mind. So the first part is that I am really not good at planning ahead. <laughs> I, I'm kind of a fly by the seat of my pants, live in the moment kind of person and trying to sit down and make organized lists of things to do just is kind of beyond me. So when I have little kids at home, my goal was to survive the day with everybody still alive. <laughs> and there are times where that's ap- appropriate because survival is important. And But it came to a point where I realized I needed something more to grasp onto long-term than just survival and so my husband and I sat down and we together kind of decided that our goal as parents was to raise responsible, respectful, kind, confident, faithful, independent adults and so we started to view our kids as adults in training and all of these qualities that we wanted to develop and and nurture in them to get them to a point where they would be okay on their own when they left home. And so that big picture like really helps me in the day-to-day decisions that I have to make because I can look at something and think, okay, if I follow this out, if I follow this course out to the end, is that gonna get me closer to this goal? Of raising competent adults, or is it going to take me farther away from that goal? And so, for example, if I have had a uh, blah, blah. <laughs> 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 sorry, <laughs> if I had little kids, which I don't anymore, but if I had little kids and we were in the store and I had come to get bread and eggs and milk and My child wants ice cream, and I tell him, no, I'm sorry, we're not going to get ice cream. That's not on our list. We just need to get these three things and then leave. If that kid were to throw this wild tantrum in the store because he wanted ice cream, you know, I could quickly think in my mind, okay, if I give in to this tantrum and give this child ice cream like he wants, even after I already told him he couldn't have it, is that going to get me closer to raising a respectful adult? And the answer to that is obviously no, that's going to, that's going to teach him that he can do what he wants to get what he wants, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it would then be easy for me to say, okay, the tantrum is not the, the big deal here. The big deal is the fact that this is the goal I'm working towards and that's not going to get me closer. So I'm willing to deal with the tantrum and just hurrying it out, you know, up mm-hmm. the store. So that's kind of how I put it to practice in, in the day-to-day kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, that, that's powerful. That, that really is great that you've already made that goal. You already know you've made that ahead of time. And then when you're in that moment, it's stressful when your kid's having a tantrum about ice cream, but right. it's, it's a lot easier to make that decision of how you're going to handle that. And when you've, when it, the decision about your long-term goals has already been made and right. you can walk away and feel confident. And I love that. That, that's, that's great. Yeah. That is really, really powerful.
0: It helps me a lot. But but the kind of the the second arm of this is that it takes years to raise a child, you know, 18 Mm -hmm. if you're lucky, to launch that kid and have him be able to be successful and grounded and doing good things on his own. But when you're in the trenches of young motherhood, it sometimes feels like it's never going to end that you're going to be Mm -hmm. stuck in the stage of tantrums and toilet training and having all of your attention wound up in these little kids. And it's never going to end. And it also feels like you're not getting anywhere. Like you're spinning your wheels and you're dealing with the same problems day in and day out. And it's never going to change. But if you kind of look at it as a marathon, you realize that those years of young motherhood, you're building a foundation for the stages that are coming in the future. And without that, the rest of your house is going to crumble. You know, you need that strong foundation and what you're doing does it's so important. It matters in a big way. But you may not see the fruits of that labor until years down the road when you look back and realize, "Okay, I didn't feel like I was getting anywhere, but look at where I am now because I did X, Y, and Z back then."
1: That that is so good. That is powerful and I think that's a great coping strategy to get through those hard days, especially the hard days as a young mother, when you feel like this is so mundane and you know why am I doing this? Having that big picture approach and saying, "This is why I'm doing this because I want my kids to leave my home and you know be independent and kind and productive adults." I think that's a, I think you're really onto something there. That that is great. I love that.
0: Why, thank you. <laughs> it works for me.
1: One of the pieces of advice I, I, we, I asked you before the podcast, before we did the interview in our prep was, you know, what advice would you give to other mothers? And this is what you told me, do what feels right to you, regardless of what everybody else is doing. So first I would love to know, how did you learn that? Because I don't think we come totally knowing, knowing that right out of the gate. And then how can a mom who wants to slow down and embrace this philosophy, how can she do that?
0: Okay, so I feel like motherhood these days feels like a competition. You know, it feels like you have to be doing so much for your kids and you have to have them involved in sports and in dance classes and in music lessons and let's teach them Mandarin by the time they're three and, you know, have them make sure that they know their life's goal by the time they enter elementary school and what their passion is. And and that puts a lot of pressure on moms to be doing all of the, all of the things for their kids, you know, make sure they're doing that or else maybe their kids are going to fall behind and maybe they're not going to be a good mom if they don't do those things. And I bought into that mentality when my kids were young and um, I specifically remember one, period of time where my oldest was about 10. And then I had a baby and I had my kids in all the activities and the baby spent his life in a car seat because we were going from one thing to the next to the next. And I had no kids who were old enough to stay home alone. So they all had to come every time we went anywhere. And, you know, I'm just like, we're sitting in the car waiting for piano lessons or we're sitting at the baseball field or, we're you know, we're doing all of these things. And it was stressing me out because I didn't, we were just so frazzled all the time, just running from one thing to the next. And I had a couple of kids who were not dealing well with that stress and they just wanted to play. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, we can't play. We have to go to dance class or, you know, whatever the, the schedule was for that day. And so I finally just came to a point where I said, if this is what a good mom looks like, then I'm OK being mediocre because I don't feel like a good mom when I'm doing all of these things. For my kids and with my kids. I need to be able to feel grounded and I don't right now. I feel very frazzled. And so I kind of decided I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm just going to, we're going to scale way back and I'm going to put on my blinders and I don't care what everybody else is doing because that's not working for me. And so we just, we scaled way back and it made such a huge difference in the feeling in my home and the stress level in my home and in my stress level and in my kids, their behavior was much better when they weren't so anxious and frazzled about going to all the things, you know. So I would say if you're if you're kind of there right now and you're running all over and you're stressed out and your kids are stressed out, it's okay to say, no, it's okay to say no, I'm not gonna, you can't do that thing. You know, that's too much. That's gonna be too hard for our family right now. And your kids are going to be fine, I promise. I promise they do not need to be in all of the activities in order to be successful in life. There is value in slowing down and just letting them play in the yard and make their own fun, you know? I really believe that.
1: Yeah, and you're you're living proof that you know, your kids are going to survive, and they're going to be okay, and they're going to be able to go off to college and, and get into college. You know, sometimes I yes. think we feel at a young age like this pressure that they have to do all the things, yeah. and they really don't, and you know, you're you're on the other end of that living proof that it, it was okay to scale back and to, to do less, and in the long run, that helped you get to your long-term goal, right? There we go, right back exactly. to that long-term goal that you had. Exactly. That That is really good. You need to write a book about that. Okay, I'll get right on that. (laughs) Well, this has been really fun. I have loved chatting with you. I think you have a lot of wisdom, a lot lot of things that can help um, so many mothers, and it's been great. So one final question I do have for you, though, is how have you seen and felt God as your partner in motherhood?
0: So many things. I could go so many places with this. I can't imagine raising children without <clears throat> being a partner with God. I feel like he's been there every step of the way from the strong-willed kids that I couldn't manage to you know just the ins and outs and, and teaching me about my kids. I've I've learned over the years that he knows them better than I do and he knows me better than I do. He knows my strengths and weaknesses, he knows their strengths and weaknesses and sometimes when I feel like I know what's best for my kids He tells me that's not what's best, you know, Mm -hmm. and just being able to kind of listen and feel the gentle nudgings and guidings and, and let him teach me about my kids so that I can be the best mom I can for them. I just, I see it every day. You know, I mean, there are big instances, but mostly it's just the little, the little nudges and the little reminders of, of who they are and how he sees them so that I can, have a bigger picture of what's
1: going on for them. That's so good. I love that, that he's in the details and the little things of every day. Sometimes we, we look for him in such a grand way, and he's there, but, but we can see him every day. We don't have to wait for something big to happen. We can yes. see him guiding us every single day in every little thing that we do. I love that. Absolutely. Well, Lynette, thank you so much for being willing to come and be my guest today. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, I have loved talking to you. Thank you for
1: having me.